Welcome to my podcast, Why Didn't Anyone Tell Me This? With my guests, we are discussing health issues, questions you may have, and debunking some of the myths around our health. And today, it's a great pleasure to be chatting to one of the wild swimming legends, Sean Richardson, and we are going to talk about the blue tits, which Sean set up, and we're going to talk all about that. Um, Sean lives in Pencarnan where her family have been for over 100 years. There she runs a campsite above the cliff top. And I've seen some of the videos. Go on YouTube and look at the videos. They're stunning. (laughs) And all of her five children and her grandchildren have chosen to build their lives there too. Now, Sean has done lots of things that we're going to talk a bit about today. Triathlons, psycho-sportive events, marathons, ultra-marathons, Ironman, the Ice Mile. But the main topic for today is that she is founder and director of the Blue Tits Chill Swimmers Limited. With over 100,000 members worldwide, the Blue Tits has become a global phenomena. Everyone has heard of the Blue Tits. And I'm great. it's a great pleasure for me. I am admin for the Cambridgeshire and Peterborough Blue Tits. And I just can't tell you how I love our swimming community so we're going to talk about all of those things today. So welcome, Sean. Lovely to meet you. Thank you very much. It's marvellous to be here. So before we talk about the blue tits, I want to ask you about where you live and the wonderful life that you lead there. Having watched some of your videos on YouTube, seeing you swimming and just the, the beautiful scenery. Tell us what it's like to live there. Well, I I love it here. I I was born here. My father was born here as well in um, 1915. And so our family um, have been here for a very long time, as you said. And I I found it, I mean, as a child, when I was, when I got to 16, I couldn't wait to get out of here because St. David's is the smallest city in Britain. And it is really very small. Um, even though I loved my childhood here, I was a chorister in the cathedral, so I was very much immersed in the community. Couldn't wait to get away. Wanted to go to the city, so I did, and I, I stayed away for about four years. But in that four years, I found I was every weekend I was coming home whenever I could come home. So I decided in the end that I did actually love it here, and brought my children up here, and they. We just immersed ourselves in everything that is on offer here. So we live right above the beach. So we've always been kayakers, swimmers, coasterers, sailing. You know, we love biking, running, all of that kind of stuff. And this this is just the perfect place because there is such a massive element of freedom here. So in the summer months, so St. David's is full of tourists, a very, very busy place, you know, very exciting, lots of concerts going on and all of these, you know, outside activities that you can do. But then in the winter, it's very, very quiet and it's incredibly bleak here. So you have to enjoy that side of life. You know, you have to enjoy it being so empty and quiet. And then, of course, we have the rough seas, you know, and and we have a lot of wind here. We're on a peninsula. But we've always adapted ourselves to the seasons and we look forward to every season. So now the warmth of the summer, I mean, that kind of left a couple of weeks ago. It started, the leaves started falling off the tree. But today, as I was walking across the garden and there was that just that little nip in the air as the leaves rustled around, 
around. And I got really excited because autumn is coming. So the water is still quite warm here. It keeps on warming up until the end of September. So we have that lovely little joy that's coming at the end of the summer, the beginning of the autumn, which is the warm water. Um, and it's quiet now. You know, the tourists will leave next week. So I always think September is a very special month because everything is still nice and warm um, and you can still go outside and enjoy things without, you know, taking coats and jumpers and stuff. But the water, you know, is just special and it's it's empty. So I love it. And my kids have all stayed here because they all enjoy that. We can just wander off to the beach and have a fire. You know, there are no signs saying no fires here and no, 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 no. You know, where you go to places and there's all these don't do this signs. There isn't any of that here. And so they've all grown up to to appreciate what we have as well, or they do now. And it's only when they go away that they come back and say, gosh, you know, I never knew that you weren't allowed to light a fire on the beach or, or whatever it is. And so they, they love it too. So I think it's very special that they're still here with their wives, partners, grandchildren, every other kind of newcomer that comes in that they make friends with who's looking for a house. We've always got somebody else living here as well. So I just think it's a really, really special place. And wherever I go in the world, you know, I always end up doing what my mother used to do. You know, I go, oh, it's not like home, is it? And I do it now. Wherever I go, I'm doing that thing that my mother did. You know, I haven't found anywhere else that's as lovely as home. So it's very, it's great. And I feel very privileged, incredibly privileged that we are all still living here. That's totally amazing. Does it feel like you're always on holiday? Well, yes, I suppose so. So people say this to me, but of course we are working here. So to be able to stay here, it used to be a farm. Pencarnan used to be a working farm. Um, and then as as well, I don't know, we got into the 50s and my father started the camping here. And then my parents realized that actually, you know, there was there was a living to be made from camping. So the farming kind of took a a back seat, really. And uh, we've still got the farmland, but it's our next door neighbor who farms it. So we are working now to look after the tourists. So we still find time to go and sit outside on the courtyard with them at eight o'clock tonight. You know, there'll be people out there. We've got one of my kids now runs a little bar. The other one runs a little pizza hut. The other one, a little coffee shop here. And so we still find time to do that. But sometimes, sometimes, you know, when when a plan is made or we're going to all going to meet for pizzas. And these are people who I've made friends with now over the years on the campsite at seven o'clock. And I'm still cleaning the loos or I'm still sorting out some electric problem in the backfield or whatever. So sometimes it feels like, yeah, everybody thinks that we're on holiday and everybody says, oh, my goodness me, you know, your life must be one big holiday. So when I'm in a good mood, I'm like, yes. When I'm in a bad mood, I'm like, you've got to be joking. I've got 800 people here that I've got to look after. Uh, but I still think it's a privilege, you know, because, yes, we can work. If I have to work till midnight doing something else because I've been out there enjoying some time with other people in the evening, then so be it. You know, we do that. And that's the, the joy again of when October comes is the place empties. And so we do have that time, you know, to do maintenance on the site and on the farm. And so, yeah, it is lovely because I can, of course, if I've got a spare 30 minutes in the day, I can just walk down the field and go for a swim. 
And I, I take that for granted. It's only when I now go off and I visit many other people who swim, you know, with the blue tits and they say, oh, I drive an hour to my swim. And I think an hour. Would I be that committed? I don't know, because I've always been so fortunate to live literally above a beach where I can go swimming. <laughs> we, we are all going to be jealous, but in the, in the best possible way. I have to drive for at least half an hour, not quite an hour, but um, I, I just can't imagine yeah. what it must be like to just be so close to the sea all the time and to the beach. It, I, you know, please go, everyone go and have a look at the videos on YouTube. They are absolutely stunning. <laughs> a wonderful place. Mm. Now for the last nine years, um, since September 2014, you've been very busy on the Blue Tits project. Mm. Um, let's first talk about the name. Now, I know that your husband coined the name and some people say that it's just referring to women, but I, I'm, I'm with you. Men have tits too. <laughs> um, so t tell yep. us about the yeah, name. I, I think it's a great name. Well, it was because I'd done years and years of these triathlons. And I've never been an athlete as such. I'm not your stereotypical athlete. Then in school, I was totally non-sporty. I was always the fat girl at the back that was never chosen for anything. But I was very creative and I was musical and I could act. I could do all of those things. So I put all my efforts in school to being on a stage. And I love being on a stage. So I, I wasn't really bothered about the fact that I wasn't one of the sporty girls. Um, but later on in life I I wasn't feeling brilliant and I didn't know why so I was brought up as well by a mother that was very very you know she used to say shoulders back tits out off we go just get on with it get on with it so that's how I lived my life and um, I was born in 1964 I'm 58 now so back in the you know when I was in my early 20s and mental health issues depression or a breakdown you know which used to be said under hushed tones oh she's had a breakdown you know that kind of thing so I kind of grew up in this world where, you know, you didn't have breakdowns, you didn't have mental health issues, you just damn well got on with it. So when I wasn't feeling very well, and I couldn't really work out what the hell, why I could only just stare at a wall. Um, and my husband said, he said, you know, you're not very well. He said, I think you're depressed. And I was I was horrified. It's a bit ridiculous. Of course, I'm not depressed. I don't get depressed. Anyway, I was. And so I, I took the tablets and I did everything that I was told to by the doctor because I was totally bewildered by this 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 thing that I'd been diagnosed with. Um, and then after eight months, whatever it was, I just thought, oh, I started to feel better now, didn't I? Because I am taking the tablets. And I, I then thought that there's got to be something else other than tablets. So somebody said, you should take up running. They could have said swimming. They could have said cycling. They could have said riding horses, but they didn't. They said running. And that was what stuck in my head. I've got to go running. If I don't go running, I'm never going to get out of this depression. So I did. And it was a totally ridiculous thing for me to do, I thought, because I had never, ever been into this at all. But long story short, I kept, you know, I kept going. I started running in the dark because I was so mortified that anybody locally would see me running. And then I started to feel better. I really did start to feel better. And I signed up for a half marathon, which I was terrified about doing. I did it and a la di da, you know, all. I just thought, wow, I started to just enjoy life again. And my kids got involved. My husband was, you know, helping me. We were all going off for me to do these long distance runs, which got longer and longer and longer than triathlons, which got bigger and bigger and bigger. And eventually I was a bit knackered. My body was falling apart. 
And so that's when I, I gave up everything, triathloning, long distance and stuff. But this friend said, oh, you like a challenge, which I did by now. I really love these challenges. So she suggested I start training for the ice mile. So four months into training to this ice mile, my husband said one day when I came back, he said, I haven't seen you this happy for such a long time. He said, you're loving this. He said, you should call yourself something funny. He said, the blue tits is funny because you come back and your tits are blue. And I just laughed and I thought, yeah, the blue tits. The blue tits suits my sense of humor. I, I, I've, I, I've always got a little bit of a warped sense of humor in the sense, you know, I, I love things that are inappropriate in life. I love people who are inappropriate. And so it was funny. And then initially, as men started to join us, we thought, oh, blue tits, we'll call them the blue bells. Ha, ha, ha. You know, let's do this. But then when we became a social enterprise and we'd always been anybody could join. I, I've never been that type of person that likes to segregate genders. You know, I think my attitude is we're all humans. Come on, let's just have some fun together as human beings. And so when we became a social enterprise, a limited company, we just decided that we would just be one. We would just be the blue tits. And so, yeah, you can analyze it, you know, and I'm sure people do. Oh, it's to do with women. But, you know, no, we've all got tits, um, different sizes, different shapes. We're all there. So that's how we we are now just collectively, you know, however you identify, we are, you are the blue tits. <laughs> And it makes people laugh. And I think yeah, totally you know, we have I men in our get, group. Um, people, They're great. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't I've I've never judged people by how they identify. I don't I never see people as having you know, now with, with people identifying in all sorts of ways. I I've always been like that anyhow. I, I, I love it. I just love, I like nice humans. You know, I like people. If they're not nice, then they're not nice people. If they're nice people, they're nice people. It doesn't matter how they identify. To me, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I, to I totally agree. And so it started off, so your, your husband coined the name. You were training for the Ice Mile. Mm. But then I think mm. from what I've seen you being interviewed before, um, a momentum started and uh, I think you're a bit like the Pied Piper mm. and more and more people started to swim yes. with you and now, yeah. now, now we're at this huge, big, wonderful oh. family of people that swim. So tell us more about the beginning. Well, it was 2014 and so it was October. I chucked away my wetsuit and I went swimming here on the beach, just me and this this friend. It was 13 degrees and I'd been a wetsuit swimmer now for about 10 years. And so I got in the water and I was absolutely shocked what 13 degrees felt like. I, I really was that naive. And it was like, bloody hell, 13 degrees is freezing. And you've got to do the ice mile in anything under five degrees in just a swimsuit. So, of course, my thoughts went straight to five degrees. Like, what the hell is five degrees going to feel like? But I Googled all of this ice smiling and not many women, still not many women had done it, but not many women had completed it. Not many men, not many humans had completed it, to be honest. Um, but it was still, um, you know, a really weird thing that was started in South Africa in 2011. And so I was intrigued. I wanted to do it. And I thought I was going to do it quite easily, even though I thought 
13 degrees was cold. I still thought that me, I was quite tough. I am tough. I'm quite mentally tough as well. So I thought, oh, I'll crack this out in one season. You know, well, blimey. It took me three seasons of winter swimming to actually get my head around doing this ice mile. But as we started this, um, we thought, well, you know, we'll swim in different places around Pembrokeshire in that winter because it made it fun. And we were constantly looking for colder water. So the sea doesn't really get below seven degrees here I mean that's cold if it gets to seven so we were going inland and we were finding what little lakes or reservoirs or anything basically that was getting colder and I'm very noisy and so I would scream when I went into the water you know with delight or I'd start singing or whatever it was and so people were walking on the beaches in the winter, you know, all muffled up in their coats and hats and whatever. And then there's this 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 woman walking down the beach in a swimsuit. And so, of course, they were compelled to come and say to me, what are you doing? I mean, some people were, were, what are you doing? What are you doing? Some people, somebody called me an idiot. Somebody said I was incredibly irresponsible. Um, but I, I soon learned that people would wait for me on the shore. So I learned to put my clothes quite near to the shore because I was cold when I came out of the water and I, I needed to get dressed, you know, quickly. And I hadn't been in very long. I'd only been in five minutes, but this was the beginning. That was enough to get me really cold. And so there was a few people who said, I'd like to do it. There were a few people, of course, who said, oh, I've been doing this all my life. You know, I've been swimming. I know I don't know what all, what's all the fuss about. I've been doing this all my life. And they they asked, could they join me? And so very, very slowly, people started to join. So there was probably after the first year, there was 10 of us in Pembrokeshire. And we were all dotted around Pembrokeshire. So we'd, we'd drive to each other's swim spot, you know, and then we'd started taking food and flasks and blankets and we'd still be sitting there an hour and a half later you know somewhere talking and laughing and people again would come up what have you lot been up to you know and so then we'd start talking and so it started to grow but then the real massive growth of course came in lockdown so well just previous to lockdown people were coming here in the summer of course for their holidays and I was now swimming longer distance in the sea in a swimsuit so even seeing somebody in August in a swimsuit was quite interesting to people because so many people, and I saw it happen here, they'd come on their holiday, they'd buy a cheap wetsuit and they'd go swimming for a week and then they leave their wetsuit because they don't want it again. It's only some cheap thing that they bought. People had got into this habit of thinking that you had to put neoprene on to get in the water. You know, when we were children, there weren't such a thing as wetsuits. Only very rich people had wetsuits. So they were seeing me now swimming in the sim- in the summer months in this swimsuit. So, gosh, have you just swum right across the bay in a swimsuit? And I'm like, yeah, 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 I have. Blimey, how do you do that? Or why are you doing that? So we had a few people who were on holiday. And then I said, oh, you know, we've called ourselves the blue tits, who went home to wherever they were living. And they started to set up the blue tits, a blue tits group in like Tooting was one of the first ones. Gower was one of the first ones. And this was a very loose affair then. I had no plans whatsoever other than I would give them a whole bag of badges, which I bought because I have a thing about badges. And then they'd give out little badges. So it started to grow slowly, slowly, slowly. And then lockdown happened. And of course, people were, were couldn't go to leisure centers. They couldn't go to the gym. They couldn't do their usual exercises routine. So they started thinking about other things. And because we've got the Facebook groups where people join, you know, and they interact with each other to arrange the swims, they'd heard about this. So they joined the Facebook groups just to see what was going on and just to get some social interaction with people. So when we were then allowed to go out, of course, what did people do? They went to the one place they 
could because leisure centers didn't open straight away. They went swimming. So it went bonkers after lockdown. Absolutely bonkers. It just went up by the tens of thousands very, very, very quickly. And again, I thought, well, it won't last. You know, this is all because everybody's now desperate for a little bit of exercise with other human beings. But it has lasted and it's continued to grow. And then, of course, we took on a team of people as well here at Blue HQ. So that has obviously helped it to grow. And it's it's morphing. You know, it morphs all the time. Like Now we've got a lot of people who are non-swimmers that are joining us just because they want some social interaction with people. And they're lonely. This is one of the things that's being stated a lot at the moment around here. Because we we live in this beautiful holiday area and so people come on holiday all their lives. And then when it comes to retirement, a lot of people retire here because they've, they've grown over the last 30 years loving this, this area. And they're lonely. They come here and they don't know anybody. So that's been a lot of chat recently about loneliness. And um, this one really gets my heart that people are lonely. They're not lonely for long, of course, once they join the Blue Tits because they make friends and it's 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 a lovely thing. But I love the way that it changes. You know, you you it's people saying they're coming along for their mental health or their physical health. And now loneliness has started to come in. So it just seems to be this wonderful community where people can discuss anything, be anything, make friends, you know, heal themselves. You know, and what is it? What is it just about? It's just it's a bunch of human beings being kind to each other and doing this incredible little thing in the middle. You know, they turn up and there's all the talk and then they do this amazing thing, which is exposing their bodies and going into cold water. And then, of course, there's that massive adrenaline afterwards and they make friends and they talk rubbish, you know, and they just have a great time together and they're kind to each other. So it all seems very simple, doesn't it? That we just crave being in a community that's where we're all kind to each other. And I kind of thought the whole world was like that because I, you know, live in this wonderful part of Pembrokeshire tucked away from everywhere. But the whole world isn't like that, is it? So I love this community that we created. And now when people say to me, thank you for starting this community, I will take the thanks. But straight away, I will say to you and thank you for keeping it going. Because if it wasn't for all these people joining and extending the hand of friendship to the next people in line, it wouldn't work, would it? So it's everybody. And isn't that amazing that there's thousands of people who are all thinking like blue tits, you know, let's be kind. Let's bring more people in. Let's encourage people to really believe they can do that thing that they've always wanted to do. So I love it every single day. I love it when we get messages. Of course we do. You know, all the time messages are coming in, emails are coming in, life stories are coming into us. And I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm going to say thank you as well, because um, for me, lockdown for sure, I was always swimming, but not so seriously and had started doing it more regularly. One of my friends um, has swum the channel, Jessica Hepburn, um, to overcome her sadness about uh, failed fertility treatment. And um, she's always, she, anyway, I, I'd been out with her and and I I started that. And it was just before lockdown. But I always say that, that lockdown saved me. Um, sorry, swimming saved me during lockdown. Without 
regularly going swimming and I, I did have to get in the car. I did have to drive. And we were allowed in the UK, in, in England, sorry, sorry. In England, we were allowed to drive, but I was driving a little far. And I just thought, if anyone stops me, everyone kept saying, aren't you worried about being stopped? And I said, well, I'm not officially breaking a rule, but I, without swimming, I think I would have really gone crazy. And the friendships, mm. you said about the friendships, everyone I've met, I've been all, I've been to blue tits groups in other countries as well. But in the UK, I know I can go anywhere and um, hitch up with a blue tits group and it will be full of wonderful, wonderful people who are so caring and so thoughtful. And that is that is just so amazing. And thank you again. Thank you so much for starting this. They are beautiful people. And I, I think, you know, what's great, we're all people that we don't want to sit inside. We don't want to sit on the sofa and miss you know, the, the sunrise, the sunset, the wonderful weather. And I, I hate people that moan about UK weather, you know. We've got a beautiful country here um, that's, that's just so amazing. And you mentioned noise. We are noisy. <laughs> we do mm. swear. Um, yeah. We're getting in the water. I think mm. we're allowed to swear. And people, I, people, you probably have this. People always say to me, um, you know, people walking by, oh, what's the temperature? Or is it cold? <laughs> I have an answer to that, which involves a swear word. So I won't say, I say, yes, it's effing cold. Um, but yeah, I just, but then we just laugh yeah. because it's, it's such, such an amazing community. And, and now some of my best friends that I do other things with, like go to festivals and things were people that I met uh, through swimming. Now I wanted to talk about body confidence. I know you've talked about this before and we definitely have communities. We're all different shapes and sizes and I've never known anyone to criticize the, the blue tits. We celebrate this and we're amazing. We're walking around, as you said, in our swimming costume, normally in winter or cold mm. day or whatever. Um, and mm. so did you want to say a little bit more about body confidence? Yeah, I think it's, a, it's an interesting one. So I've... I, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very confident person in general, um, but and I've been all shapes and sizes all my life, so I have never ever been the same size. You know, I've got all these chapters in my life. I've got a wardrobe full of clothes from size twelve to twenty, uh, and I never throw anything like I love out just based on its size because I can be that size again. I know. And so I've I've always had a I've never been massively confident about my body. And when I started swimming in a swimsuit, um, I I wasn't hugely confident. I was quite was I fat or thin? I can't remember. I think I was probably a little bit fat at that point. And um, not that it makes any difference whether I'm fat or thin. You know, I don't have that confidence in in how I look. Then I never have really. And I mean now it doesn't even cross my mind because I spend my life in a swimsuit. But I noticed that, and I still notice it, of course, that initially there was there was some some people here who were watching us swim, and they they weren't joining us. So one day I just went over and said, you know, I've noticed you here on this beach a few times watching us. Do you want to come and swim? Oh yeah, yeah no, no, I'd love to. One of them said, but uh, and she she gesticulated to her body. She said, nobody wants to see this in the water, and and I, I was like. Uh, I, so at this time now, I'd already started to see people overcoming this body thing in a couple of swims. 
you know, I'd seen them getting undressed under their robe on the first swim, second swim, third swim, uh, fourth swim. No, the robe would come off, the cosy would come on. And I, I'd, I'd noticed the pattern starting with people, how two or three swims and they didn't care. They would they they drop their knickers, you know, or they'd say, oh, sod it, I'm not putting my knickers on today. Everything just started to become, people started to give less of a shit, basically. So I when she said this, I said, oh, nobody, nobody cares. Nobody minds. Nobody looking. Well, those words were useless. She wasn't going to believe me because, you know, of course, I'm going to say that nobody cares. And I thought, well, there's nothing I can say here. There's, there's nothing that I can do that is going to convince you because you have to know this in your head. You have to feel confident. And then as time went on, um, I heard other people when they when they eventually joined and I said, why now then? Why have you chosen this week? And this particular person said, because I've been watching your page for the last six months. And then the other day I saw two people getting in the water who looked like me. They were old and fat like me were the words, which I didn't really pay much attention to. And then as time went on again, I thought, ah, this is what people are doing. And it, and it happens now all around the country all the time so people join the facebook groups and they're waiting to see a picture of somebody who they can relate to as old as them as thin as them with the same length hair or whatever it is whatever it is that's in their heads they want to see a picture of somebody who they can relate to and so which is why i always encourage people put pictures put pictures in the page say we've just had a wonderful swim at Perrinporth and put a picture up because people are watching they're watching to see is this herd the herd for them you know are there other creatures in this herd that look like them and so that is a wonderful way of getting people. They, they turn up. I'm going to be OK now. I'm going to be OK. There's another 78 year old person in that group. So I'm going to be OK. Of course, within a few weeks, they realize that that is now irrelevant. They were always going to be OK. And they've also learned in a few weeks that people are dropping their knickers and losing their knickers. They are bending over and flashing an arse, you know, a big, juicy arse cheek or whatever it is. And nobody minds because now the confidence has started to grow in you. And you're also realizing because you're listening to different stories. You know, we, we had a lady who was going through some really nasty cancer treatment. Lovely, fun, lovely lady. And she went through it. She couldn't swim with us, but her husband was bringing her. She was sitting down with us, um, you know, and she'd talk to us. And we watched what hell she went through. And that, in turn, made us all look at our own bodies at the time and go, do you know what? I might think I'm too stone overweight or I'm too tall or my feet are too big. But this body works. It actually works. It gets me here. It gets me in the water. It gets me out of the water. And that is this lady's attitude to life now because she survived. And she is brilliant at um, telling her story and enabling people to, to, you know, maybe if it's only tiny, celebrate the fact you are alive. And I think that is the general joy of blue tits, because we have so many people who've come into the group who were body conscious or conscious of their age or whatever it was they were conscious of. And they've soon realized that actually it's OK. We're alive. 
let's live what we've got. You know, even though we we might never love our bodies, we might always think we're too thin or we're too fat or we don't like the wrinkles all over our face. You know, on these Zoom things, you know, that we're doing, you're looking at yourself and you thinking, where the hell did that one come from? But it's that joy of celebrating life, which seems to be this infectious thing in the blue tits. And again, I think that comes from different ages and genders. You know, when we're in our in the group here, we're 18 up to 78. We've got a whole range of people that come along and we've got the young people who are worried about their boyfriends and their periods or the fact that their voice hasn't dropped yet, you know, or whatever it is. And then they've got, they're have they talking to the older people who are going, ah, oh, you'll be fine, don't worry about it. My voice didn't drop till I was 16, la-di-da-di-da. And then they've got us talking about the menopause, and they're seeing that we're surviving the menopause. Or we've got someone who's lost their, their wife has died, and they're, they're surviving with the support of others. So you've got all these different issues in life that lots of people have at different ages. And then we're all interacting and talking to each other. And I just think that is brilliant. When we have new young people that come along, I feel that's so special because we've got all these new young problems. And we'll say, what does that word mean? Tell me what that word means. Or can you show me how this works on Facebook, please? You know, simple things like that, that may be irrelevant things. But you've got all these different ages helping each other with problems that seem to be more prevalent, you know, at certain ages in life. And I think then that the whole body confidence thing just comes from being around lots and lots of different people, doesn't it? And, you know, taking that really bold step to be basically half naked, even if you're putting a wetsuit on, you're you're still out there, you know, because wetsuits give you this weird body shape anyhow. <laughs> so <laughs> I think it just comes. And it, But you will never convince people of this. They have to come along. I always say if I can get them to the meet, I will get them into the water, but you've got to get them there in the first place, which is why I love the new trend of dry blue tits. I love this new thing that's happening now where people aren't swimming and they'll always apologize for it. Oh, I I, I hope it's all right, but I, I don't want to swim. But I went to my local doctors and she said, oh, if you are feeling a bit lonely, join the Blue Tits because it's a lovely social group. So I don't want to swim. And we're all like, yeah, yeah, fine. It's not a problem. Here, hold my towel or light the fire for us or whatever it is. So they're coming into this community. And so they are now looking. And I never ask them why they don't want to swim. Sometimes they will say, um, you know, why they don't want to swim. But a lot of the time it's because they have lost confidence. They don't think that their, their wrinkly body Want you know anybody wants to see the what they consider to be old, fat, skinny, wrinkly, you know, whatever, swollen ankles, but by getting them there, they are starting to see all the wonderful different shapes, sizes, and ages that turn up, and more often than not, they will swim eventually or paddle. You know, they they'll come up to their knees and they'll have a paddle. We've got a few at the moment who are still. Oh, no, no, just knee height. Thank you very much. That's fine. And I'll stay with them. You know, I stay on the shore and we splash water around and we have a great time. Or somebody else will always do it as well. So I, I think that body confidence, of course, 
is always going to be an issue in a society where everything, you know, all the media is this perfect, you know, idea of what the perfect body should be looking like. Although I think that is changing now as well. I think that the power, all these hundreds and thousands of people who are swimming, not just blue tits, but of course, all these other groups that, that go swimming, um, are starting to change this because magazines, clothing companies, you're now starting to see a much more diverse amount of people. And whereas a few years ago, if a clothing company used a model that was a size 14, you know, you'd look at it and go, oh, well, they're being very diverse, aren't they? You know, using a larger model. Now it's not unusual to see 16, 18s, 20 size people and wrinklies like me. You know, I'm starting to see older people being used, which is wonderful, isn't it? I love that, that it's not just, you know, very, very skin, very tall, thin, young people being used as clothes model. So I think I think things are changing. I don't, you know, it'll take a while. Of course it will. But I think we are changing. I think blue tits and wild swimmers, nation worldwide, are changing people's perceptions. You know, you see an awful lot of more people now in swimsuits by bathing spots, don't you, than you did years ago. So I'm hoping that that's what it, that younger people are seeing, that there isn't one body type. There are, well, there is no perfect body type, is, is there? And the other thing of having youngsters in the group, particularly youngsters, because they seem to talk more about body issues, is that we had one um, swimming with us. So she was stereo stereotypically beautiful in every way. She's six foot, blonde hair, very, very attractive looking. Um, and probably she was a size eight. And somebody said, we were having a group photo one day, and somebody said, oh, I'm not standing next to you because you're going to make me look really fat. And she called her a skinny bitch. I'm not going to stand next to a skinny bitch like you. And I saw the skinny bitch's face. So afterwards, I said, so what was with the face? I said, what happened there? And she said, all my life, people have called me a skinny and they've added the word bitch to the end of it. A skinny bitch. And she said, that's all I've ever had. And she said, and everybody says, oh, you make me look fat. She said, this is this is my life. And that changed everything that day for me in particular, where I realized that it doesn't matter what the world thinks you look like you can still think of yourself as not fitting in. So you can be a stereotypically perfect skinny bitch, but you have had that all your life. So you see that as a derogatory thing. And that was life changing for me when she said that. So it isn't just, there isn't just one type of person that has an issue with their body. It's, it's all of us. You know, we all have something in there. And that's what I love about this community of different ages and different genders is that we realize that actually we're no different to anybody else. You know, we're OK. We're all OK. And we're alive. And that's what I think <laughs> yeah. starts to change the way of thinking. We celebrate life, don't we? We do celebrate I life. And I, I think it's really important what you said about putting photos on. And we always put photos. My phone is full of, full of lovely photos of yeah. beautiful people in our swimming costumes. 
But I think every group probably has quite a lot of people who are in the wing. So this dry swimming, I, th- I think I'm going to put that. We've got a moon swim tomorrow and I'll put that on on the group. If, if, if you're not thinking of swimming, come along. Just come along, celebrate. We mm. have people bringing drums yeah. and tambourines, <laughs> crazy, yeah. crazy people jumping around. Um, so, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. But I said this sense of community, mm. I think that's so, so important. And especially as we get older, I think loneliness, as you mentioned, can really come in. So the Blue Tits is a fabulous sense of community, whether you're swimming or not. But but with the swimming, we've got, besides, we've, we've all got to strip off, basically. Uh, and yeah, we, we actually normally don't bother with underwear at all. <laughs> um, we can't be bothered. So we sort of sometimes realise we've got to go to Tesco's and, you know, we're wearing a onesie or something with no underwear. It's highly inappropriate. We just don't care. But I, I think the other thing is when we get in the water, if you look at all of the photos, the smile on people's faces, and this is what I always say to everyone, if you're wondering whether you want to join us, just look at the smiles and the radiance of the people when we're in the water, when we're getting out of the water. It's so good, as you've mentioned, so good for our mental health. Absolutely wonderful. But what about those people who haven't started yet, haven't haven't put their big toe in the water, what would your advice be to them for their first swim? My advice to, because you get a lot of interest, don't you, when people find out what you do, I often hear, oh, I'd love to do that, but, um, and they, they will come up with all sorts of things. Um, I don't think I could wear a swimsuit. I don't think I could stand the cold. Oh, I don't like jellyfish. I don't like weaver fish. I don't like sharks, whatever it is that they have in their mind. And I always say, stop overthinking this. Just don't overthink it. Because of all the things I've ever done, the long distance stuff, the triathlons, whatever, I, I used to have sleepless nights overthinking. And whatever I thought was going to happen to me never happened to me. It was all the things that I had never, ever dreamt, dreamt of happened to me. But because I was full of adrenaline or because I had the support I needed around me, I always sorted out those issues really, really quickly because my mind was fired up, you know, and I was doing things. So I always say, now, don't overthink this. Don't start thinking that you're going to make a fool of yourself. You, you, well, you, you're going to keep on thinking this. I know that. But, you know, that's another big thing. Am I going to make a fool of myself? Am I going to fit in? And I would say, just, just stop thinking. But keep watching the page. Join the Facebook page because that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean that you're going to be spotted on there and someone's going to go, you have to come along to a swim. So everybody just leaves you be. And then keep, keep watching. And then one day, the, it'll, it'll just hit you for whatever reason. Sod it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Because a lot of people do this in the new year because it's the new year, new year, you thing, isn't it? We're thinking, I'm going to change. I'm going to change. I'm going to do this. Just come along. And I say, and you don't need to put a swimsuit in your bag. So don't, you don't even need to commit that much. Don't, don't, if that worries you putting the swimsuit in your bag, don't do it. Just come along and be there. And then if they smile at this and I think, oh, you know, I say, but you know, no, just put the swimsuit in your car. So you always know there's a swimsuit in your car. I mean, this happened to somebody the other day and she said, oh, I, I decided to do it, but I didn't have a swimsuit. And of course, I whipped a swimsuit out of my bag and said, what about this one? Will it do? And she said, OK, 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 I'll do it. I'll do it. And she did. Uh, but that's why I would say, don't overthink it and don't commit yourself to anything that you don't want to do. Just say, 
I'm going to turn up today. I don't want to swim. Thank you very much. I'm going to sit here and I'm just going to watch you because that is the massive, the first massive step is saying I am going to turn up. And so don't worry about it. Bring a friend, bring your father, your mother or whatever and make an excuse that you're just bringing them along because they want to sit by the sea. Doesn't matter what excuse you make to get you there. Stop overthinking. And again, the other one is is with a friend, of course. You know, people, oh, I don't know if I can come by myself. Well, that's easy. Just bring a friend and say to the friend, we're not going to swim. You know, don't don't commit yourself to actually swimming with sharks. You don't need to worry about swimming with sharks. Not yet. And that that often is enough to get people to come along. And they then will say as soon as they arrive, I'm not swimming. And I go, I know. I know you're not swimming. That's fine. And then they just know that they're going to be welcome. And the more that happens, which is happening a lot around here now, that step is getting easier. I don't need to say that quite as much as I used to. You know, you're not going to be made to swim. People now know they're not going to be forced or feel compelled or feel left out because they haven't gone in the water. So sometimes I don't swim, often with swims, um, particularly when I know they're going to be busy ones, like in August, I deliberately don't swim. Um, and I, I do that just to show people that it's absolutely OK. And I also deliberately wear a wetsuit sometimes just to show people it's okay. I, I will always get a jibe from somebody, you know, somebody who's been in the blue tick group for four years. What are you doing in a wetsuit? And I'm like, ah, 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 ah. and they go, oh yeah, sorry, sorry, sorry. Um, because I'm always very conscious of that. Don't, don't make any fuss about what people wear. Even like we have one lady who wears full wetsuit hat. She has the hat on, the thingies, the gloves and the boots. And she's always done it like that. She's never once been tempted to take it off. And I look at her and think, have you never been tempted to take it off? Obviously, she hasn't. <laughs> you know, but it's just that you you you're aware of that. You know, so that's why I do it. Then I do all of those things just to make people know that it's okay. Because once you've been a blue tip for a while, you know it's okay to be you. You know, no matter how quirky you are, you know it's okay. But you don't necessarily know that initially. You know, you might think, oh, I'm an absolute weirdo. No one's going to accept me. You know, because I, I we have one lady who always has two toe floats and we call her <laughs> two floats um, because she had an accident when she was younger and she she likes to have two floats with her. And she's OK about it now. You know, when people ask her, she will say. But initially she was a little bit, you know, because she said, oh, I can't do this because I, I, I can only do I need two floats. And so we all said, well, use two floats then. And she said, well, I'm just going to look like a twat. And, I said, and so. It doesn't matter. You know, it's it's fine to be you, whatever you do. And so when somebody says, oh, I, I feel as if I should put gloves on because I said, put gloves on then. Do what you want. Nobody minds. In fact, people love it because then you've got an experience of what helped you carry on swimming. Oh, it was gloves. Oh, it was booties. Oh, it was nose plugs. Oh, it was a hairnet. Whatever it is that makes it easier for you to get in the water. Um, I encourage people, go for it. Do these crazy things. Even, you know, and I don't mean crazy with two floats. I mean, as in go in and try two floats. Some person, some lady we had was fins. She was terrified of deep water until she put swim fins on. 
And then her life changed. As soon as she knew she could really get herself out of the cold water by powering out with fins on, that was fine. And then six months later, the fins disappeared. She didn't need them any longer. So it's great when, again, when you're in a group of people, when you say, oh, I, I can't do this because somebody in that group will say, oh, I, I did this and that helped me. And then suddenly your life will be like, oh, my God, I can now do this thing that I never thought I could. So yeah, Fantastic. don't overthink it. I, I, I would say I would say to everyone, swim, swim your own swim. We're we're all different. We've all yeah. different shapes and sizes. We've had different things to eat. Some are tired. Some are not tired. So many things can affect it. So I personally started off in a in a really rubbishy wetsuit, uh, with the view that I won't get a good one because I get a rubbishy one because I I want to take it off eventually. And did that for a few months. And then what I've loved, many one of the many many things is. Your body adapts and it makes you feel so strong that your body's changed. So when you get to the stage where or you start off with wearing a swimsuit, and as you said, you might have gloves. I mean, I, I went for a few months wearing a rash top and I, I don't know why. I think it made it colder. But, you know, I don't wear gloves or socks in the summer now, but I do put them on in winter. But then I, we'll have people in our group with full wetsuits, as you've said. Um, some of my friends have done the polar bear challenge and gone the whole year with no socks no gloves no hats <laughs> so everyone everyone's got to do their own thing and it, and it's and it's great so one more question about the blue tits um how do people join the blue tits well we have so each group has their own facebook group uh, which has the name blue tits in there somewhere so we've got the blue tits of perrinporth um, Peterborough and Cambridge blue tits you know we, it's all in there and so you basically go on Facebook um, well no if you if you were new to this completely you'd go to the blue tits website and find the find my flock and then a map opens up and on there are all logos 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 you click on the logo and it takes you to the Facebook group and then you request to join and you go along. So when people first join the group, they're, they're not massively keen to start posting swims. Of course, they're not. You know, they, they don't necessarily know the area or know anybody. So they go along to swims that people who've been in there longer start posting. So I might say swimming at White Sands, five o'clock Wednesday, the 14th, everybody welcome or full moon swim or silly hat swim, whatever it is. And then you just go along to the swim. Um, with you know with a friend you can take anybody you like with you and then you get given your little blue tit badge and you're a blue tit you might decide actually it's not for you and you never swim again doesn't matter you're still a blue tit you'll always be a blue tit but then you can go along and then as the confidence grows you might be the type of person that starts posting swims yourself or you might not you might never be that person you might never want to post your own swims because that in itself takes courage oh nobody's gonna come i'm gonna be on my own you know i i still think that and I, it happens I'm not the most popular person on the block. So it's not necessary if I post a swim that any bugger's going to come. So it's, you know, it's you often I do that now. I always say to some people who I'm more close to, you will come to my swim on Wednesday, won't you? And they'll say, yes, yes, I'll be there. So there will always be somebody else there. But that's how you do it. Go on to the website, find my flock, find your group locally, click on it, join. There you go. 
you're off. That's it. You, you've done it. And you can do that, of course, when you go on holiday, which now more and more people do this tits on tour. So wherever they go on holiday, they look to see if there's a blue tick group. They click, they join. And then they might leave that group, of course. So after being on holiday for a week in Bude, they stay on the group and then they leave the group. So you've always got people going in and out of the groups, you know, for various reasons. But you can do that anywhere in the world. So somebody we had last week went to Australia and she joined one of the blue tick groups in Australia and went swimming with them. I love it. And even if if people won't swim with you in other places, I was in Hale um, a couple of years ago and um, they've only had a small group there and there was nobody available to swim with me. But people on the group said, go here at high tide. It's really safe. Go around the corner. You can have a really nice cup of coffee in the Dardy Dar coffee shop. So you'll always get help from blue tick groups as well, um, wherever you are, you know, about the best swim spot. So I like that. It's it's just like this trip advisor for blue tits. I think it's great. We were going to do that years ago. We were going to call it tit advisor, but then we thought that maybe that wouldn't be the best thing to be googling tit advisor. You probably wouldn't get things about swims. You get you get you get information about other things. <laughs> and um, I call myself a blue tit tart because. Um, I I have stayed a member of lots of groups, so I'm not near the sea. It's, it's at least about an hour and 15 minutes to the sea. But I've joined lots of the Essex coastal groups, um, which I stay a member of. And um, we've already got a ritual now. Every January, my birthday, I organise a swim. I've done three years of them now. And we get the tits from all the groups come along um, and, and we all we all do a big swim together um, in January. So you know, you it's it, there's so many different options, and all of the people that you meet will they they really really will be wonderful. Now, Sean, you have mm. done a lot of challenges. You said you how much you like challenges. Mm. You've done the Ice Mile. You've done yeah. um, triathlons. You've done Ironman. What was the hardest challenge that you did? Is is that possible to say the hardest one? Yeah, the Ice Mile. The Ice Mile. That was the most difficult. So. All the other things, I was always, I'm always at the back of everything I ever tried. So I was always a have a go hero. I was there starting. Um, and I would always be the one if there was somebody whose tire had burst, I would stop and I would help them. I was never, I always wanted to get to the end alive if possible. But I, if I didn't ever get to the end of something or I was pulled out, as in Iron Man, I never got to the end of Iron Man. I was pulled out because I was too slow. Um, it didn't really bother me. I, I was always in it to see if I could train, if I could get to the start line. That Again, like joining the blue tits. That's the courage is, is that first step, you know, is getting somewhere to actually start something. It takes masses of courage. And but you could always. I don't say get out at any time, but there was never any pressure then. I wasn't as every minute ticked by, I wasn't dying. Whereas in the ice mile, every minute that ticked by, I was getting closer and closer to hypothermia. And so I, I, I'd been swimming for years, of course, and um, I'd been, you know, heads down swimming, obviously with the triathlons, but I'd never managed and still haven't managed to be a very fast anything. I'm not a fast runner. I wasn't a fast cyclist and I'm not a fast swimmer, even though now I swim quite well. I've had a lot of coaching and I, I'm not a bad swimmer. But speed is something that's always eluded me. I just I just I'm just not built for speed, but I am built for endurance. 
And so when it came to the ice mile and I was doing a lot of training, I wasn't actually getting any faster. So I knew I was going to have to do an, an extreme ice mile, which is basically there's lots of different reasons you, you do an extreme ice mile. Um, like Kath Pendleton is an extreme ice miler because she swam in 0.6 degree water. I was an extreme ice miler because it took me 47 minutes to swim a mile. So anything over 45 minutes is classed as an extreme ice mile. So I had trained for this. I had basically trained to become hypothermic and I had a whole team around me who knew exactly how to help me recover. Um, but running up to the, the training, the, the last winter, of course, I was training three times a week. So three times a week, I was getting extremely cold. I'm not going to say I was hypothermic, but I was bored. You know, I was going in that direction. And so I'm recovering. So my body was a little bit tired. And the reason I did it on the day was because the temperature was going to be fine. Um, the, the water temperature was going to be fine. And the sun was out. So I said, sod it. You know what? I can't do this anymore. I cannot train for this bloody ice mile any longer because I'm so tired. And then on the day, I adrenaline got me through. Of course it did. Because as soon as I hit that water, I thought, right. I do not want to do this I smile again. I do not want to try and do this I smile again. So I'm going to damn well finish this I smile today. Unless, of course, I had to be pulled out because you've got people watching your stroke. You've got people. I have to give my thumbs up every length and this kind of stuff. So if that all went tits up, they just pull you out. No questions asked. And after I did it. And I thought, thank goodness for that. And people say, you're doing it again. Not a chance. Not a chance am I doing that again. It was one of the most, well, it was the most difficult thing because it was very mentally challenging as well. I was constantly convincing myself that, you know, because people will say it to you as well about that more than even Iron Man. People will say, I can't believe you're doing it. What's the matter with you? There must be something wrong with you. Oh, my God, you're going to die. All of these things. And, you know, you're reading, you know, about me in the media, how people fall into rivers and they're hypothermic in 10 minutes. We know that they're not. But that's what the media says. You know, they, oh, my God, I'm going to die. I'm doing this stupid eye smile. I think there's only ever been 45 extreme eye smilers. And so, I mean, there's there's now about 300 ice smilers in the world, but only 45 of us are extreme ice smilers. Wow. So this is in my head, playing with my brain all the time. You know, you're 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 stupid. Why are you doing this? And da 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 da. And so that was the most difficult thing I have ever done. And whereas I I don't run or do triathlons anymore, but I'd give one a go. I probably no, I wouldn't give an ice. No, I don't want to do an ice smile again. I mean, I love it, but it's also one of my proudest things. Of course, I, I'm, I'm, I so love the fact that I did it, but I do not want to do it again. Thank you very much. It was, it was marvelous. Um, but yeah, it was. Iron. When it comes to triathlons, Iron was Ironman was difficult as well, but it was slightly beyond me, um, and I kind of knew that it was the last triathlon I ever did, and I kind of knew that it was beyond me at the particular time. Um, my my hips had already started to disintegrate and there was a lot of pain going on. But I always say it's that one of the hardest things is to start. So I was determined to stand on that start, start line. It would have been really easy if I'd said, oh, my hips are hurting. I can't do this now because I, I trained for two years. So I'd, you know, I'd been training for a long time to do it. And I was terrified on that start line. But I thought, put your money where your mouth is. You're telling people to do this all the time. You're telling people, just start. 
Don't worry if you don't finish. Start. And you, you find a different you. Every time you start something, you find another little bit of courage in you that you never knew you had. But if you don't start, you won't find that. So even though it was, you know, I didn't finish it and it was pretty, I was, I was upset at the time. I would like to call myself an Ironman. Um, but I'm still very proud of the fact that I started Ironman. And, but uh, yeah, no, the I smile, I smile, such a difficult, goodness me. And I see some people doing it. I've seen one person doing it and they just got up and walked away at the end and they went, yeah, that was all right. That was all right. But, oh my goodness me. No, 40, 47 minutes I was in that water. And the record wow. is one hour and two minutes. So it has crossed my mind to do an ice smile in one hour and three minutes. So I get the record for the slowest person. But no, that goes out my mind very quickly. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. And, and you know, doable. You, you did big challenges, but people can do little challenges. And as you say, the, the, the buzz yeah. from doing a challenge, you know, yeah. set yourself yeah. little challenges. So... Yeah, definitely yeah. a bit of advice. Yeah. And that's why I love our events because people come along and they're doing a 50 meter at one of our blue tit events. I treat them with the same respect if they were doing 50 meters as if they were swimming the channel. You know, like our swim coach, Michaela, just did the channel. She was at that point in her life, in her challenging life, where she she was ready for the channel. But 10 years ago, she was doing 50 meters. Now, some people never go beyond that. That's enough for them. And then there are people, I'm one of them, who always tries to go bigger and longer until I get to the point where I can't do anything. And I go, oh, that's it. I reached my limit. Thank you very much. I'm done. But when I see people going in to do their, their 50 meter swim at Lake 32 or wherever we are, it gets me every time because I just think you are incredible. It's taken you the same amount of courage that it takes Michaela or takes me when I'm doing the eye smile. You know, you, we're all at different stages, but it, the amount of courage it takes doesn't, doesn't lessen because you're only doing 50 meters. This is huge for you. I have so much respect for people that come to these events and do this. And they say, this is my first swim. And I, ah, it just gets me. I think good for you because the first big step was joining the blue tits. You did it. And then you immersed yourself in that community. You grew in confidence by going along to the swims and laughing and joking and having a marvellous time with people. And now you've moved on to the next level in your swim career, which is a 50 metre fun swim. And like this year, now we've got 60 blue tits going out to Estonia to the World Ice Swimming Championships. And that, again, is is phenomenal. You know, it's great. And it, I don't see it, even if you never do events, to me, I still think you are awesome for turning up and swimming and showing your body to the world. That is enough for me. You know, I think that is brilliant. But it's whatever then else you choose to do is equally as brilliant. But I, I, I think, and I, I like this about the Blue Tits, you never feel as if you have to do more. I think you are, when you join the Blue Tits, you become a Blue Tit and you're accepted and you are, you know, you're embraced and you're loved and all of that. I personally don't think there's ever any pressure to do more. And that's what I always wanted about the Blue Tits. So even though I celebrate Michaela crossing the channel, I celebrate you for joining the Blue Tits. You know, I, I don't celebrate Michaela more because she's gone on and done this thing. That was her choice to go that far. Your choice is just to have a little dip 
once a week in the blue tits, then bloody good on you. I think you are awesome for doing that. And I think blue tits in general think that as well. There is never, I, I, there is there is not, oh, well, I swam 58 metres last year in four degree water. You don't hear that. I mean, yes, you do. You hear, oh, ho, 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 I swam a metre in one degree. <laughs> but it's not, it's not like a badge of honour. You know, it's not this. And, no, and, you know, we, and that's what we do with the blue tits coaching. When we, yeah, we we've, we we learned early on with the swimming lessons that we started doing here. You never ask somebody. The first question never is, how far can you swim? Immediately, that's put a doubt in somebody's head. Oh, I didn't realize I was supposed to have been able to swim five meters. Ah, it's not a question that's ever asked. Because it's just like, well done you, you're here. Now we're going to start swimming. Here we go. I love that. And I, I think that's a general thing in the blue tip community, really, that there are no badges of honor necessarily because you've swum the channel. You know, your badge of honor is gained as soon as you enter the group. That's it. Well done. You're here. Now let's go forth together and do whatever. That's that's beautiful. We've we've joined the blue tits. Even if we get in the water for 10 seconds, it's all our own goals, our own <laughs> celebration. And, and people would yeah. definitely ad- admire you for that. Now, um, I've called the podcast. Mm. Why didn't anyone tell me this? And we've heard lots of different responses from my guests. Have you had people say to you, why didn't anyone tell me this before? Why didn't I know this? Um, Maybe something to do with swimming. About, <laughs> yeah, I, I hear, I do hear an awful lot. I wished I'd done this 20 years ago when I first decided to do it. Why why didn't I do this sooner is something that happens a lot to people. And I always say to them, don't beat yourself up about this. We all come to different things in life, depending on where whatever path we've chosen, sometimes accidentally chosen, or sometimes we stumble upon a path like somebody's on holiday and there's 20 blue tits on the beach at White Sands laughing and guffawing after their swim. And you come across them and you say, who are you? What are you? We're the blue tits. Oh, I think we've got blue tits imbued. And then they go home and they join the blue tits and they say, why didn't I do this before? I've seen these people swimming for the past three years and I never do it. And so that that happens. And why why didn't I realize that I was going to get such a buzz from this? Um, so my answer is you found this because you needed to find this at this time in your life. So I suppose, yes, I suppose that's one. But but now I think with swimming, we're we're constantly telling it's everywhere, isn't it? We're all telling people we love it all so much that we're infectious people we, we we tell everybody don't we that we're doing it but I think that's that is probably the one why didn't I do this sooner why didn't I realize that this was so good what worried me why was I worried so much um about swimming and about my body and la di da so I suppose that's um that's the one of that I hear a lot why didn't anybody tell me about this or why didn't I find this sooner that's that's perfect and and i i do agree that it's it's such a great empowering thing for for people that that that, that do it we we get so so much from it Mm. and sean you've done so much in your life with all the all the challenges Mm. you've done but especially setting up the blue tits so 
what motivates you to to do all these things rather than just sit on the sofa and not do anything? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I sometimes wish I was one of those people that sat on the sofa and knew every soap that was on the TV at the moment and all the characters' names. I was talking to my daughter about this yesterday because my all my kids are a bit like that, but my two daughters are particularly like that, and the eldest one um, very, very much so. And we were saying yesterday how we think in our fantasy minds, wouldn't it be wonderful to be that person that never does anything? And then we're like, nah. Um, I I just like being active. If my brain isn't active, I, I am still very susceptible to depression. I, I've, I haven't, you know, it's ever since I started running and everything else, I haven't, I haven't had depression, but I have that kind of brain. I have a very, very creative mind. And sometimes I say I've never had any depression since my original um, bout many, many years ago, but sometimes my brain shuts off. So I like, um, I like silversmithing and I like creating animations and I love photography and videography and I love walking and swimming and all these things. And I, my brain sometimes gets so full, it, it shuts off for a couple of days and I will just hide myself away. And, um, I just have this, this like 48 hours where I don't do anything. And then I start to think, Oh no, here we go. Oh no, 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 no. Depression's coming again. Oh my goodness me. I, I really go into this incredibly deep, dark hole. And it doesn't last for longer than two days, but I can never remember that. When it happens again, I still think, oh, oh, here we go. Oh no, 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 here we go. But then I come back out again and off goes the brain again, creating, doing, um, being with other people. And I find it's a buzz doing things for other people. I don't understand how you can get through life and never do anything for nothing for other people. It is such a good, it's a drug to me. It's that lovely thing by, by being kind to somebody else and doing something for nothing for somebody else makes me feel good. So you can turn that around and say it's a very selfish thing, you know, that you're doing things for other people. I love it. I just love seeing other people. You know, you, it can be a tiny thing that you do for somebody. You, you you put your hand out for them at a swim and they grab onto your hand and they squeeze it. And then afterwards they say, thank you. I mean, that is such a buzz, isn't it? Where you've done something for somebody. You've made their day a little bit better than it was before. And so with on a grander scale, the blue tit thing is is a buzz for me. You know, yes, I have a whole team around me. I only do the fun stuff in the blue tits, like talking to you on podcasts. I don't do the boring stuff like working out some glitch in the, you know, on the website. Gail does that. <laughs> so Good. I'm very in a fortunate position now where I can go out there and, and do these fun things. But I, I couldn't, my, if my brain isn't constantly busy, oh, I don't know what I do. I, I just don't know what I do. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I love having lots of different things. I love challenges. Not so much challenges now. I've done that. You know, I I now like watching other people challenge themselves. And if I can help them in any small way to achieve that challenge, if, if you know, if that's the first 50 meter swim they ever do at an event, I will do that. And that is more than enough for me now is seeing other people. It's 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 incredible. It's infectious. And it just makes me feel so damn good seeing other people happy. I mean, it's got to be good for you, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> it's yes. Be. Uh, quite, quite a few people actually have said that 
helping other people has made them ha- ha- made them happy. Um, which comes to my next question. I've asked many people this question, and I'm some people struggle to answer it, but I don't think you will. What makes you happy, and where is your happy place? I think I might know what you might say. You might yeah. surprise me. Yeah. What makes- no, I, I, and I'm not going to surprise you. I'm afraid. Um, my, <laughs> my, my happy place is being well. Okay, one of my really happiest places then is when I go away on a tits on tour. So, I I love swimming here because we never have the same people here. We've always got different people that come in, and so there's you know there's a, there are always new and interesting people to get to know, um, and and maybe help swim or whatever, but. One of my happiest is when I go away on a tits on tour because then I'm often surrounded people that I have never met before. And we'll, you know, there's crazy people, there's kind people, there's loud people, there's people who scare the shit out of me sometimes. One was when I went swimming and I said, where are we going? It was it was like, I don't know, it was like May. It was cold in the sea. Where are we going? And they said, oh, we always swim around the corner and we jump off the cliff. And I'm like, uh-huh. really? And I was thinking, it's freezing. And and it was just this incredible bunch of people who then do all these exercises on the beach to warm up. And then they all have a little bit of brandy when, they, when they're warming up. And I don't drink. And they were, a bit, they were a bit mortified by that because they bought me a special brandy to warm up. And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. I'm teetotal. And they're like, what? You know, and it was this this wonderful, full of triathletes, full of men triathletes in this group, which is very unusual. And I, I'm never ever not surprised wherever I go. I went to one, and they'd created a throne that they sat me on the throne, and they'd created this crazy crown to put on my head. And then I went to another one where nobody knew who I was. Absolutely nobody knew who I was. And then they 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 were all looking at me like I was a bit weird. And then they said, oh, you must be new. Welcome to the Blue Tits. And I said, oh, thank you. That's that's very kind. And they said, where have you come from? Um, and anyhow, where I'd come from was was like 300 miles away. And they, they thought about it and said, you've come an awful long way for a swim. I said, yes, I have. And that was it. They had no idea who I was. It was brilliant. So I swam with them. Um, and I didn't tell them who I was either because then it got, I'd left it too long. And I thought then it would be really rude if I told them who I was. So it, I just, but I love it. I, I love meeting new people and I love the, 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 all the different types of people in the group. So my happy place is going off to a, a completely new tits on tour swim in a different place and still, still there three hours later talking rubbish with them as the sun sets that has got to be the best thing and then I'll always hear a story a one life-changing story which will always make me absolutely I I I, I just I, I love it you know I, I love it that the story is so unbelievable how this person's life has been changed just from joining the blue tits and that how could that ever fail to make me feel absolutely amazing and I always get then compelled to keep going because like running any business there are downsides to working with people in businesses so whereas we're talking about the blue tits all being this wonderful happy jolly community there are over a hundred thousand people in this community you are going to have scraps and fighting 
and you are going to have things that are said to you that are unpleasant. And sometimes they all come in one great big dollop um, and we'll have a really bad week at HQ. And often I will end up going to swim with a new group after this has happened. And then that joy comes back where you realize it's always just a tiny minority who cause trouble. But that tiny minority at the time can make you feel crap. You know, they can make you feel that everything you do is not worth anything. And then somebody will come along in the blue tits or a group I'll go and swim with. And it all comes back. And the events are like that because, of course, all HQ go and run the events voluntarily. You know, they, they go there and work for the weekend. And we all come back from events saying the same thing. That's why we do it. Now we know why we keep doing this is because of this, 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 this and this. So happy place. Yeah. Tits on tour is my happy place. Fantastic. And and yeah, we all we all have to have to take the ups and the downs. Um and hopefully yeah. more ups and downs. And the very last question, what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, my younger self. I, I suppose it's a bit like everybody would would say, don't I didn't I didn't think I fitted in anywhere when I was younger. And I didn't really think I fitted in anywhere until I till the blue tits started to grow so I've always I was an only child lived on a farm and um, I I had a very active mother who loved the outdoors and she always used to say try something once if you don't like it never try it again but come on let's go and try it so we were always off doing stuff together and it, that wasn't quite the norm in the community that I was brought up in. So I was always kind of viewed as being a little bit of an outsider then. Oh, I, maybe I wasn't, but I felt like I was, you know, I never felt that I fitted in. And I never really thought that I was, I thought I was pretty good at singing and acting. I, I was, I, my ego was quite massive there. Um, but in, <laughs> in life in general, I, I always felt like that outsider. And I, I never, I, I never was, you know, I don't think any of us are really, I don't know, we worry a lot then, don't we? It's again, it's like coming along to a swim and you can't go because you think you're too tall and thin, actually, when nobody's actually looking at you. And that, I think that would probably be my advice is that we are all actually very consumed by our own insecurities, that we are good people. Are not looking at other people and going, well, look at the state of that. They're not really. And I think as you're growing up, the pressure to conform, to look good, to be the same, to not stand out. And even though I was slightly eccentric when I was younger and did kind of stand out in certain ways, I I was never really comfortable doing it. I was thought, oh, you're such a weirdo. You know, why are you such a weirdo? So my, my advice would be now is don't worry about it because nobody actually noticed. It was all in your head. You thought you were a weirdo. You thought you never fitted in. But actually, nobody was that bothered. You did fit in. You know, you fitted in with your own community. I never fitted in with the cool people in school. I wasn't the cool person. So I always wanted to be part of that cool set. And now I've, I've kind of also realized that they're not necessarily the best set because when I, when I, and I talk to a lot of blue tits and 
I realize how we've all come from these different backgrounds, different upbringings, different ages, different styles in our life, different jobs, different careers, different amounts of money that we've all got. You know, we all just fit together just fine when we stop worrying about I'm not rich enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not whatever enough, you know. And I love that, that nobody really knows what other blue tits do. Sometimes it could be two years before you find out what somebody does because that's not what we're there for, is it? We're not there judging each other. All we want is for people to turn up for our swims because the more people that turn up, the more fun we have. And so, yeah, my, my younger self worried far too much about what I looked like and what I had and whether I fitted in, whereas my older self, I, I know I fit in because I, I don't need to conform to fit in. I just fit in. And if you don't like me, then that's not my problem, actually. You know, if if I'm just being me and I'm not being mean to you in any way, I mean, I'm just being me, you don't like me. That's OK not to like me. And I think that, again, is part of the blue tits, isn't it? We don't like everybody that turns up to the swim. But we're not being mean to them. We just choose, oh, I can't sit next to Sarah. She talks too loud. Oh, no, she always talks too much. She always talks about her bloody dogs. I can't be asked about listening to her dogs today. So you go, all right, Sarah, hi. But you don't necessarily go and sit next to her because you don't want to listen to whatever. And that's the joy of the Blue Tits group, isn't it? That you, you find somebody else to, um, although saying that as well, there's also sometimes there's people that come along and I think, oh, I'm not sure about you. And then six months later, because you've given them the chance to be themselves, you actually find out they're okay. Because you'll always have people in the group who bring cakes. You'll always have the caring ones. You'll always have the the gregarious ones, the the brave ones, the ones who know about water safety. You know, you've got such a diverse mix of people in there. And actually that person over there who you weren't sure about turns out they're a really caring person and that one day when you needed somebody just to hold your hand and say are you all right it was that person over there and you gave them that chance and it's all just so lovely i love i love that so yeah younger me stop worrying about fitting in you fit in just fine you do you do sean we all do and on behalf <laughs> yeah, of we do. yeah on behalf of all of the blue tits, I wanted to thank you, thank you again. It's it's been so life changing for many of us. We we don't care all the things you said about you know we we don't care we don't care what we look like we don't care how loud we are we swear we don't swear um how far we swim we put on our costume and get in the water we all we all look our hair goes no matter what we do <laughs> you know no point putting makeup on clothes don't matter. We're, we're, we're just having a beautiful, wonderful time. So, Sean, it's been an absolute pleasure. And on behalf of all the Blue Tits, thank you. And keep going. Keep going. And we look forward to swimming with you. Thank Everyone you. will look forward to swimming with yeah. you at some point. And thank we'll know you. that it will make you happy. Thank you. Yeah, it will. Really happy. <laughs> thank you very much. Thank you.